0: And so here we wanted a product, start with craveability for me, um, but then length of time, you know, how long it sits in a, in a, in a box and, and can we deliver and uh, can we get into people's homes as well as getting them into the restaurant.
1: A Jersey boy who attended the prestigious Culinary Institute of America makes his way west to San Francisco where he works in some of the best kitchens in town. That leads to a life-changing trip in Bologna and well, you know where this is headed. A career in rustic Italian food ensues, starting with Flour and Water's Neapolitan Pies a decade ago, and more recently, a new Flour and Water pizzeria in the Mission, where long fermentation and high hydration are the keys. The story behind Flour and Water Pizzeria, straight ahead. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome to another edition in this pandemic infused Pizza City landscape. We are finishing off our San Francisco series of pizzerias today. As I talked about earlier, I was there right before all the lockdowns happened, and I had gotten a bunch of shows kind of in the can, and today's the final one. We've really spread them out over the last several months. Uh, Thomas McNaughton, our guest today, from Flower and Water Pizzeria. Now, Flower and Water's been around for just over a decade. I, I was there about seven years ago it's just pizzas and pastas, uh, but the pizzas are the wood-fired Neapolitans, pretty traditional, although the toppings are e- extremely influenced by Northern California. Um, but Thomas McNaughton, um, you know, originally from the East Coast, and we'll talk about that today, really wanted to do a different style of pizza, one with more char, more chew, more fermentation. And so Flour and Water Pizzeria just opened up about a year and a half ago um, in the Mission, and... I love walking around this neighborhood. By the way, there's a fantastic uh, chocolate shop not far away. Um, he's not that far from Tartine, the legendary bakery. Uh, but you really owe it to yourself if you like pizzas to, to try his pizzas. I total 180 from the Neapolitan experience he he did, you know, d- a decade ago, and really nodding and, and sort of acknowledging um, all the other pizzerias and, and pizza makers that have opened. In in San Francisco recently It's really become a great pizza town Uh, It's much more than than sourdough bread On Fisherman's Wharf So we begin today's show As we we begin all shows uh, Asking uh, our guest About his earliest pizza memory Thomas McNaughton, great to have you on the show today. Thanks for letting us into the the store here. Yeah, of course. Glad to have you. So we're in the Mission, right? Uh Uh-huh. Mission San Francisco. Okay. this is separate from Flower and Water, the restaurant. This is actual the pizzeria. Right. Yeah. Okay. So... Let's talk about your first pizza memory, you actually not from the West Coast, you grew up on the East Coast, so I'd imagine what your idea of the perfect pizza is a lot different than what's typical out here?
0: Uh, Yeah, you know, I think that a lot of, you know, there's definitely a boom of Neapolitan pies uh, in San Francisco, I like to say, because I still want a really high char factor. Um, Is that
1: because that's what you grew up on, or that's what you've liked as a professional chef?
0: No, no. I think that uh, the the pizzas, the terrible pizzas that I've had in South Jersey growing up, um, are blonder. You know, blonde New York City style large pies, greasy, foldable, a yeah. little bit oh, grease yeah. dripping. Oh yeah, like, um, you know, that char. There's a lot of flavor in it. You know, if it's balanced, if it's balanced correctly, and I like what that brings to the to the pizza, and so. I really think it's it's kind of New York style meets Neapolitan as far as char, long bake time, a, a three day fermentation for for depth of flavor to it. To go back to your
1: childhood, though, you don't feel like you're missing that you wanted to recreate that flavor as a kid because, you know, the pizza
0: cognition theory is the greatest pizza in the world is the one you grew up eating. Sure, sure, you know, and I think with that, uh, you know, there's something to be said about. Bad pizza is still good pizza at, at times. But no, it was more through travels and career that helped develop this, uh, this style. All right, so tell, tell me about your career. You went to the CIA? Went to the Culinary Institute, um, came out to San Francisco in uh, 2003. So uh, did you
1: go to CIA in, in Hyde Park or out here? In Hyde Park, yeah.
0: You know, halfway through uh, school, you have to do an externship. And I emailed, you know, a bunch of uh, restaurants, sent out uh, formal uh, resumes, and a chef here, Roland Pesso, uh, restaurant La Folie. He was the only chef that contacted me, and I actually decided to drop out of school to come to come work from. And so I moved out here for for a year, um, what I thought it was going to be a year in 2003. And what was the pizza scene like in San Francisco in 2003? It was definitely pre Neapolitan boom. A16 was uh, was here. And I think they were kind of one of the, the front runners. Was that,
1: was that Nate Appelman then?
0: Oh. Nate Appelman, yeah. He, he was there. When the Neapolitan boom happened, you know, it seemed like there was, they were opening left and right, you know.
1: And you were doing sort of the typical, the staging and the working your way up and working in kitchens. And you worked in some amazing kitchens in this area, yeah?
0: Yeah, so I uh, La Folie, and then uh, I worked at Gary Danko's um, and Quince. And, you know, my kind of M.O. was that uh, I'd work for a couple of years, save up as much money as possible, and then travel. And so go to staging in Europe, France, Spain, Germany, uh, and Italy. You did all that. Did all that, yeah. And um, one, uh, you know, I had a very pivotal moment um, staging uh, in Bologna and just kind of fell in love with rustic Italian food, certainly like handcrafted uh, uh, pastas. Um, and that's kind of how Flower and Water OG was, uh, was born. What we, year did that, that open? 2009. So we just celebrated 10 years. Congratulations.
1: So, you, at that, I'm guessing, you, that's when you had the wood burning oven. And so right. you figured, well, because
0: that's what I had in Italy, we got to do it over here. Uh huh, yeah. And I actually, uh, uh, one of the, the first hires that we made was John Darsky. And so he was the original uh, the original pizza Iola at, uh, at Flower and Water. And he played a huge part in, in helping develop and, and kind of curate that program as well.
1: John, by the way, for the folks who don't know, has Del Popolo here in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, you're doing wood-fired pizza, 90-second bake I'm guessing, give or take, very wet middle, knife and fork pizza as it is in Italy. How did that go over here in America?
0: Um, you know, I think that stylistically we had to change. Like I said before, um, I think the American palate doesn't necessarily agree with a true Neapolitan pizza. Um, it's a wet, it's a wet pie. You know, it's a wet and soft pie.
1: And I gotta imagine, even though you had this classical training, you worked in, like I said, Quince and Danko, these beautiful restaurants where you weren't making pizza. Right. Your pizza experience in Italy and Bologna was pretty limited to that style of pizza. So that's, so you come to open a place here in in San Francisco and that's really the only kind of style of pizza you're doing is that high heat wood fired oven.
0: Right. You know, and I think that we wanted to approach pizza the same way we would any other dish. Cooking from our farms, you know, uh, we have a margarita pizza on the menu so people can use it as a uh, basis. Pizzas at Flower and Water, the original, we try to get creative with the toppings. So Neapolitan pizzas, the one at flour and water, when it comes out of the oven, I can eat the whole thing right away. But if that pizza sits for five minutes, you know, I can have a couple of slices and that's it.
1: Yeah, they don't travel well, and I always tell people never get a Neapolitan to go.
0: You know, certainly places don't deliver it. Yeah, and so we, the original flour and water, we don't even do, uh, do food to go. I mean, because it's pizza and pastas, you know? Um, and so here we wanted a product, um, uh, you know, it started with craveability for me, um, but then length of time, you know, how long it sits in a, in a, in a box and, and can we deliver and uh, can we can we get into people's homes as well as getting them into the restaurant.
1: So it wasn't really like you were running around San Francisco trying to see who was doing pizza really well. It was like you just kind of missed this style of pizza that you'd had that maybe no one was really doing to an, quite an extent. Um, this sort of more artisan, longer fermentation, not necessarily wood burning oven. Right. Yeah. And so there was a like an opportunity in this market for that.
0: Yeah, I think so. And and no one would say that uh, San Francisco has too much pizza. There's a lot of pizza here, though, There's isn't a there? A lot of pizza. Yeah. I, mean, I was surprised. I
1: yeah, you know, I've seen pizza kind of happening in LA now. Pizza place like Pisana, um, Apollonia is a great place, and they're doing squares. But yeah. I had no idea the extent of the pizza scene here in San Francisco. Oh yeah.
0: And then uh, you know we I think we just saw a huge boom of uh, you know like Detroit style uh, coming through and. Square Pie Guys, Square Pie Guys, um, cellar, cellar Maker, Cellar Maker, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's over by uh, Pizza Hacker. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> and Pizza Hacker is—I I think it's an amazing. It's one of the one of the uh, the, the best pizzas in the city here. All
1: right, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more details about this pizza, specifically how it is made. It is really a remarkable pizza. We're talking with uh, Thomas McNaughton here at Flower and Water Pizzeria. We're going to take a break when we come back, and then we're also going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. Finding the perfect ingredients for your pizza takes time. I've seen guys wrestle over everything from flour and tomatoes to sausage and pepperoni, and of course cheese. Selecting a cheese that'll perform the way your pizzeria needs it to is of utmost importance. Baccio cheese is an exceptional Italian pizza cheese made with a secret, a kiss of buffalo milk. Made with high quality grade A milk, it goes from cow to cheese in just 48 hours. It melts, reheats beautifully, and stretches to give you those Insta-worthy cheese pulls. Ronnie Coshoba is the co-owner of Crushed Pizzeria on Chicago's north side. They use the diced whole milk cheese for easy measuring. And Baccio melts smoother,
0: and it's like creamier. We're using whole milk just because of the flavor. We feel like it's a richer flavor. It doesn't burn as fast as some of the other cheeses. It doesn't brown. It stays creamy.
1: It's a great cheese. And that pizza is delicious, I posted some beautiful cheese pulls on my Instagram, really nice crust, great balance, cheese doesn't burn either. It works like a charm every time, Boccio has just the right amount of creamy richness you'd find in the best Italian melting cheeses. They guarantee quality and offer cash back for every pound of cheese you buy with their Boccio Gold Club program. So here's the deal Pizza Pros, schedule a demo to try Boccio cheese today at no cost. Just go to bocciocheese.com slash pizza city USA. That's bocciocheese.com slash pizza city USA to learn more about your new pizza cheese. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are here at Flower and Water Pizzeria in the Mission in San Francisco with Thomas McNaughton, chef and owner. And uh, Thomas got a couple of pizzas here. Really. Uh, you know, I'm so pleasantly surprised because I, I honestly thought I'd been to Flower and Water years ago, and I had the wood-fired Neapolitan, and, and I'd been to a Neapolitan place here last night in San Francisco, and I'm like, okay, I've got to. I'm going to buckle up another Neapolitan, and yet this is really different pizza. I, I call this pizza an artisan style. People sort of laugh at me, like, what are you talking about? Well, it's not neo-Neapolitan because there is no wood fire. It's a longer ferment. It's lots of hydration, I'm going to guess. And uh, well, why don't you describe these two pizzas first of all?
0: Um, so this is our OG Bear. Um, it's a uh, telegio, uh, mushrooms, uh, garlic, and spinach. And then our burrata, which is a, 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 our tomato base, um, fresh burrata, calabrian chilies, basil. And what is very different from these pizzas, uh, and I think a lot of people don't even pick up on it, is that we actually use aged and fresh mozzarella. And so for all of our red pies, they get a, a thin shaving of aged mozzarella. Uh, first red sauce on top and then we'll do you know fresh fiori latte or whatever cheese for this one it's the the fresh uh, burrata um, and then for all of our white pies uh, we use the same product but we just shred it and so it's, it's getting layers and, and it, it does a couple of things for me uh, it actually allows the base of the pizza to have a little bit more spring to it, so it kind of separates uh, uh, the dough and the sauce itself. Because you, otherwise you get some kind of a gum line, or if the exactly, sauce is touching exactly. the... So- yeah, yeah. Oh. So, so it's a lot less of a, of, of a gum line on it, and it actually allows it to, to spring a little bit more, we found. Well, even like in New York, a place like L&B,
1: the old school sort of grandma places, they'll do the cheese first, and then the sauce on top, yep. and then in Chicago, a deep dish always has slices of matz to protect the dough from getting kind of soggy and gummy, and then the sort of sauce goes on at the end.
0: Right. And, and actually, we start it Um, We did a massive amount of experimenting um, for a couple of months prior to opening. And we actually, I wanted to do a sauce on on top. And then we kind of came to this hybrid kind of middle ground.
1: Because you know, with these pizza masters, with that sort of intention, you have the the lower the deck and the above, you can crank the, the upper heat and that will kind of reduce the sauce on top of these pizzas sometimes. I've seen sauce do that in New York. Um, okay, so let's talk about the dough. First of all, you know, it's all about the crust for me. I love this crust so much. Um, can you talk about the flours at all?
0: Yeah, so we, we just use a, uh, a King Arthur blend. Um, all purpose? Yeah. And uh, the uh, all-purpose and then a uh, very small amount of bread flour as well. And natural um, starter. Commercial yeast? Uh, commercial yeast, yeah. Wow, okay. Um, Three-day ferment. I, I think it, it's the same thing... Uh, we put a massive amount of salt in the dough. And, you know, from just just, just talking to people, uh, it's a massive amount of uh, salt. And to me, it makes it craveable. You know, it's a well, it's definitely a well-seasoned. I don't think anybody's ever asked us for, for a salt on the table. The average is like 2% salt, right? When you're... oh uh, well, Yeah, that's, I mean, that that's low. This is a, uh, this is 5.5.
1: Yeah, that seems, okay, that's higher. All right. So then, um, lots of water. Yeah, a lot of hydration in this dough.
0: Yeah. 72%. Up there, um,
1: so three days cold ferment in a in a in walk-in.
0: So we do a 24-hour bulk fermentation. Um, then it gets balled. We then go uh, for another two days, and so so we have proof of retarders um, that we set. I don't want anybody stretching cold, cold dough. And so these proof of retarders, they're, they're, our balls are, are service ready. And uh, you know, there's just so much control. We know that it's not gonna overproof uh, on us. Um, I know time and temperature are
1: important and I'm gonna just, a little bit of geeking out here for a second. So if you're not in the pizza industry, you're probably not gonna care about this, but friction factor is something that people talk about when the, the mixer is, is mixing up the dough, there's heat that's generated by the mixer. And people like Dan at, at Raza in Jersey City calculate the friction factor. This is something you care about too.
0: Oh yeah, I mean we we are we're taking the the, the temperature of our flour when we're when we're mixing it, um, and uh, all that plays a huge a huge role in it. Um, filtered, uh, you know, we start with filtered, very cold water um, to to offset that friction factor. Okay,
1: so then this, so then in terms of topping, you said you do little aged moths first. Yeah. As a little, but not a total layer, but just like kind of a sprinkling.
0: So for all of our white pies, it's shredded, um, and I think it, that also controls the, the, the bake. Um, but for all of our red pies, we do shavings, and so they're shavings. And also too, you know, uh, for those that can't see at home, I love it when that, that age moths will kind of hang over on the Sean and it actually creates like a like a frico like a a, a uh the detroit guys are doing all the time right they a little bit of a
1: cheese crown or a little bit of crust uh the frico along the edge and so you're right you get this little bit of aged uh, moths kind of creeping out on the edge of the but this cornichon is much more pronounced oh
0: absolutely yeah and then that's that's really important to me as well you know and and i don't want you know we're not trying to achieve uh we're not trying to achieve the neapolitan leopard uh, I want larger, larger uh, off-gas, like I want larger bubbles, and it creates different texture as you eat it. So you get a little bit crispier one from a, from a bubble, and then you get a little bit more uh, uh, dough in your next bite, and I think it kind of, it eats really well. Did
1: your uh, sort of professional side that had the experience in Italy with the wood say to yourself, you're considering going here, is it kind of a mental hurdle to get over the idea of an electric oven, uh, as opposed to something that was burning wood? Because the burning the wood is so romantic, sure. uh, but it's of course it's it's fickle, and you got to have somebody who knows what they're doing. With the electric, was there a concern at all, or were you feeling like I'm um, relieved because I can set the time, set the temperature, the deck. I can set the temper, you know, I can set the, the intensity, of the deck, and the the ceiling a little differently. Was that a, sort of a relief for you?
0: Um, you know, when I when I first heard about Pizza Masters, I thought, well, that's crazy, and just you know electricity is just not as powerful as gas or wood uh and I was completely wrong um you know I, I think a misconception about wood our, our our oven at Flower and Water is a thousand degrees right uh you know I can go down to 900 and I can go a little bit a little bit higher I think there's a misconception about the flavor that is coming out of that oven just because of how high uh, Heated And so you're in there for 90 seconds, and it's so incredibly high. You know, a lot of our, we'll roast meats uh, in there as well, and they don't really take on, you know. For, for wood and flavor, how it relates to wood, lower temperature is where you get all those flavors.
1: Texas barbecue. Yeah. Carolina barbecue. Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, at, at uh, Central Kitchen, our other restaurant, we have a wood hearth. Um, and there's so much flavor that comes from it because we can, we can, we can run it at such a, a, a lower temperature. For some, it, it was difficult for me to admit for some reason that I wanted a deck or electric oven, you know, and going away from, from the wood, uh, wood fire. And that to me, um, uh, again, one more variable removed.
1: It just meant totally changing your dough recipe. Completely, yeah. All right. Last question we ask everybody on the show here. Knowing what you know now, and you've certainly been 10 years now in the Neapolitan game and a year and change in this more artisan game, what would you tell yourself
0: 11 years ago before you got into the pizza business? Oh, man, go back to school, get a real job, you know? <laughs> no. um, you know, I think that where we landed here was uh, uh, something that, um, like I said, we weren't we weren't looking at other uh, pizza joints I think if it's something that you really you really believe in and you really enjoy and we kind of refine and refine, people are going to want that product, you know we have a, a, a to-go uh, counter that kind of houses uh, uh, needs for like caviar drivers and, and things like that and I wanted to do uh, uh, outside of Atlantic City New Jersey, Genuzies was when I was a, a, a poor broke kid uh we would go get big slices they call them big slice it was just a massive thing it was like the size of my head um, and i wanted to do something like that here um, and you know with our with our gram weight of this dough you know I, I didn't want to deal with different doughs and so we actually do the big slice uh, and it's literally half of our pizza it's a half pizza that's rebaked which i think is really really important if you're if you're going down a slice uh, department we rebake it uh, usually, like arugula uh, uh, is folded into it, and we literally fold it over, so it's like a crisp uh, uh, half a pizza, and you can take it and walk down the street. And then the, the playfulness of it—you know—you can walk down the street, and, and you don't have to commit to, to coming in or, or getting a whole pizza.
1: The advice is do something that you're really going to be excited about doing. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. The restaurant again is called Flower and Water Pizzeria. It's here in the Mission in San Francisco. Thomas McNaughton, thanks so much. This is delicious pizza.
0: Cool. Thanks for thanks for coming in.
1: Coming up in two weeks, Sicilian slices on the opposite side of the country. Literally, we visit slab Sicilian street food in Portland, Maine, in between scarfing down lobster rolls and whoopie pies. That's in two weeks on September 25th. Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and rate us, please. I would love to know what you like or dislike about the show. We're at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com. We're back up and running our weekly tours four every weekend, three by foot, one by bus. Check them out at pizzacityusa.com. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song. And just a reminder, stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Keep social distancing. Wear those masks. And please, please, please keep ordering pizzas and keep your favorites afloat during the pandemic. Thanks for listening, everybody. And here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio always.